0: Welcome to the Central Christian Church podcast. We pray this message helps you find and follow Jesus. If you would like to connect with us more, please visit us at centralsj.org. Let me ask you a question. How many of us believe in the power of prayer? Come on, raise your hand. Like that's why we're here. That's why we face the high winds today, the 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 rain. Like this is God's people right here. Now, Let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand on this one. How many of us pray like we know we should? See what I'm saying? Like a lot of us, we say we believe in the power of prayer, but oftentimes we don't pray like we know we really ought to. And and there's a lot of reasons that we struggle in areas of prayer. Some of those is because, uh, one, we just lack confidence. Anybody ever lack confidence? Like, what do I exactly say? Like, you know, there's that challenge. Like, I'm a little confused. Like, God, like, I'm alone with my thoughts. It gets a little crazy, you know? Like, help me out. Sometimes we, we get wrapped up with distractions, And we get a little confused when it comes to distractions. Like You're like, I got to pray. My pastor my church tells me I got to pray. But I'm distracted because I got so much to do today. And so that prayer time is like, I got to get through this because I'm a good Christian. And I'm following Jesus. And and you get distracted in your prayer time. How many of us, you know, like you, you have one of those mornings and, And you wake up, and you're like, man, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to pray. The house is going to be asleep. And you're like, well, I'm going to get on the ground. I'm going to pray really holy-like. And and you start praying, and before you know it, it's 6 a.m., and then you wake up, and it's 6.30, and you're like, that was the fastest prayer time I've ever had, you know? And, And you fall asleep. I'm a pastor, and it still happens to me. Prayer is significant in my life. We have a lot of prayer meetings at our church. We uh, have a midweek prayer service. We call out to God. And and, and there's times where I'm sitting in the congregation. And I don't know how it always happens. When I go down, we do corporate prayer. And it always seems to be like I find myself between two different people. I got the lady on my right, and she is crying, and she is bawling, and she is weeping. And then I got the guy on my left. And he is breathing like (gasps) (gasps) And I'm in the middle. And I'm like, I don't know how to respond right now because I feel a little different and it feels a little awkward. And and I'm supposed to be praying. and, And there's all this kind of distraction and thoughts and feelings about prayer. Today, I want to talk to you about strong prayers, cultivating that in your life, the need for it in your life. But I want to highlight two mistakes we often make. The first mistake we often make when it comes to prayers is simply this. We, we pray too small of prayers. If you're taking notes with us, understand that. We pray too small of prayers. Uh, sometimes we, we put what God can do in our life, in our limited humanity, in our capacity, in what we see throughout life. Uh, God can only do that because that's what the laws of physics say. So we limit God to our understanding of this earth. Oftentimes, we also pray too general of prayers. We just kind of like throw it up there. Hey, God, let me just throw this Hail Mary, and and you can answer those prayers. And and we just kind of go through that. Like, let me illustrate it this way. Anybody ever pray this prayer? God, bless me today. God's listening to that and be like, look where you live. You got the mountains. You got the beach. You got the most, like, I love coming out to California because you got so many diverse restaurants and, and, and shops and coffee. I'm like, Tim, this is awesome, bro. I love it. And yet we're praying God bless me. And he's like, look what you're living. Look how great you got it. Or sometimes we're like, hey, God, you know, you pray this prayer. God, don't leave me today. Be with me today. And he's scratching his head. And he's like, I already told you, I never leave you nor forsake you. So why are you praying that prayer? You know? like, Or, or we pray some of these prayers of God, uh, like, help me make the commute well today. Help me travel on that family road trip and protect us. And he's like, easy, Done. Done. You know, when we start praying like this prayer, these general small prayers, yeah, God will show up on those prayers, but he's saying, give me something to pray about that will bring glory to my name, that will point people to my power, to my majesty, and I want to challenge you with that today, that when you pray, don't be an individual that's praying these small, general, soft-spoken prayers. But be someone that's saying, wow, God, you can do something big. Listen, I want us to capture this. I want us to capture this. When it comes to our prayers, general prayers do not move God to specific action. General prayers do not move God to specific action. James chapter 4, verse 2. You know this verse well. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So like, how much are you willing to ask of God? Martin Luther, the great church reformer of the 1500s, and if you don't really know who he is, I like to geek out on some historians. Basically, it was because of Martin Luther that you and I can read the Bible and have God speak to us, and we can have it for ourselves and don't have to go through a third party to figure it out for ourselves. Martin Luther had this assistant, and I love studying his prayers, had this assistant named Friedrich Myconius. Now, there's come to the point in Friedrich's life where he's laying on his deathbed. He he can't do anything and and to the point where he can't even speak, can't even walk. And so he writes a farewell letter to Martin Luther. He's saying, hey, we had a good run. You continue the cause. There's going to be some great things ahead. I'm I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I, I hope you're doing well, Martin Luther. And this is what Martin Luther responds. This is his prayer over his friend Friedrich. I command you in the name of God to live because I have need of you in the work of reforming the church, the Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive. For this is I, what I am praying. And because I seek only to glorify the name of God. So the story continues. Myconius, he gets, he, he gets healed he does six more years with Martin Luther, six more continued works when it comes to uh, spreading and declaring and reforming the church. And he outlives Martin Luther by two months. Talk about a radical prayer, a bold, a specific, moving prayer Martin prayed. So I'm going to encourage you. What kind of prayers do you need to pray? What kind of specific powerful prayers today. Who do you need to pray over? What diseases do you need to speak back? Who do you need to see come to know Jesus in a life transforming way? Who do you need to pray for? That one friend focus is going to come up, show up to church. Are you going to believe for that? Is it going to be audacious? Is it going to be the most heathenistic person you know? Is it gonna be someone that you're like, yup, nah, they're never gonna show up to church? I'm saying no. You put them in the center of your prayer because God can show up and do some amazing things. We're gonna continue to look at a, a prayer by this man by the name of the Apostle Paul. Now, I'm familiar that you guys are going through the book of Romans, and, and man, I love that book. It's the greatest theological work of all time. And, and Paul, if you know anything about Paul, he was a, a, a pretty messed up, mixed up, crazy individual before he met Jesus. He persecuted the church. He killed Christians. He, he was this man that was full of legalism, laws, and, and had it all kind of binded and wrapped up in his mind, and then he meets Jesus head on. And then Jesus finds them, knocks them face down, and has life transformation. And Paul's written majority of the New Testament, and he had this unique way of his prayers. His prayers were often, I pray so that this result would happen. Paul would never just go and say, I pray God, just bless me. No, Paul was very intentional. I pray so that, I pray so this, I pray that, God, you can do it because I'm calling on your name. And Paul had this customary when he would pray and when he would pray over his congregations, when he would pray over the churches that he planted, the people that he he developed and discipled. So I'm going to be looking at Paul and in his prayer in the book of uh, Ephesians. And he wrote this book around 60 AD, wanting to equip a mature body. So join me, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, 15. We're talking about strong prayers and how we can cultivate and build these strong prayers. Verse 14, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. So strong prayers. I want you to note this. Strong prayers. First, pray in various postures. Strong prayers pray in various postures, various positions. Important to note that you can pray in any way. There's not a certain stance. There's not a certain uh, posture that you have to have. In fact, I would encourage you develop multiple, various different kind of postures when you approach the Lord. I mean, there's sometimes when I'm praying, I'll I'll pray. I'll be, I'll be running back and forth. I like to have a little energy, a little pep in my step. I don't know if you can pick that up. I mean, it's raining out. I'm still like, Whoa, let's go. And, and I get excited when I'm talking about Jesus and praying and what God can do. And, and there's times when I'm praying vision over my church, when I'm praying, God, save those. God, uh, we want to see more people baptized. God, we want to see our best financial year. And, and, and I'm telling you the, the significance of this. We wrapped up a church transition. Uh, my predecessor, he retired. And, and there's a couple things I've been praying for. God, I need vision. God, I want to see you do something financially. We had our best financial year in the midst of recession, We had our best financial year in the midst of a transition. We had our best financial year when it seemed like some significant people were leaving our church because the new guy was there. And and that just happens. But we kept praying as a team. God, bless our church. And so God blessed our church. So God's doing things. We're thankful for that. And so there's times when I'm approaching God and I'm saying, God, I need you to do this. And so I'm running. I'm pacing. There's sometimes... When, when I, I make a mistake, believe it or not, like if my wife was here, I almost brought an interview of all the mistakes that I've made in my life just because there's times when I, I go to my knees and, and I'm just like, God, I'm repentant. You are the king. I need you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I am yours. Various positions, there's time when I'm I just met with complete humility and and just awestruck by his goodness and his graciousness in my life and the mercy in his life. And, and I'll just lay face down and, and it'll be early in the morning. And I and I'm just like, God, do what only you can do in my life. I want to encourage you when it comes to strong prayers. Paul, see, he, he grew up very he, he grew up Jewish. And, and Jewish men have this custom way to pray where their palms would be open and they would stand. Paul being a Jewish Jewish. Individual from this background was learning and teaching that it doesn't have to just look the same way, doesn't have to just be the same way, but it takes different approaches when you come to the king, takes different approaches when you come to your friend, takes different approaches when you're seeking grace and repentance takes different approaches when you need to have a conversation. There's time in our midweek prayer service where I'll just sit and I'll just put my hands up and I'll say, God, just let me receive, and then I don't say a word. God, I just need to have that conversation, various approaches. Sometimes you can even pray when you're driving, but I would encourage you. Pray like Jesus instructs, keep a watch and pray, right? You know, like there's, there's different ways that I would encourage you to pray. And so some of that comes, you got to evaluate your heart, where your heart is. What's your intent? Is, is, is it my, is it where I'm at in my season, what I'm going through? What's the intent? Let it match your posture. Let it match your position. So if you're having some sleepy prayer times, And you're having some struggles. I would say, hey, it comes back to your positioning, comes back to your posture first. The physical, Paul says, I fall to my knees. You know, like I'm a sports guy. I have two favorite teams, everything Cincinnati and anything against Pastor Tim's team. Like, I'm like San Francisco all day, bro. Brock, Purdy, let's go. Let's smack those Chiefs. Like, that's just me. Not because I care for the 49ers, but I just am rooting against Pastor Tim. But you know, when you, when you play sports, okay, uh, I played small college basketball, we play sports, everything started. We went to Santa Clara basketball game yesterday. Everything starts in positioning. Like you can't run a race when you're standing straight up. You can't catch a ball if you're just looking like this or sitting down. And so many times we just kind of go through uh, our prayer life like it doesn't matter what we look like. I want to capture that. When it comes to strong prayers, it begins with your positioning so you can receive and communicate well with the Lord. Secondly, for us this morning, when it comes to strong prayers, we need to pray out of God's glorious riches. I would encourage you to pray out of God's glorious riches. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that from his glorious riches, unlimited resources, depending on what translation you're in, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. When Paul is praying he understands that he is turning to a limitless God. He's not turning to a thrift shop God. Hear me, understand that. He is beyond the top shelf. He's not coming in and saying like, oh, I only got that 25 cents or 50 cents for that sweater or that t-shirt that's on the like, uh, bargain hunt right now. No, he's saying like, like you think it, God can do it pray of God's glorious riches unlimited resources earlier in ephesians this same letter paul says this all praise to god the father the lord jesus christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because what we are united with christ like that's who we call on that everything that's accessible, if you're going through turmoil, hurt, pain, mental anguish, you can call on God and he can give you the fruits of the spirit. You can call on God and he can show up and show out in your life like never before. He writes in another letter in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, Paul puts it this way. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from what his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Church, I want you to hear me. We serve an infinitely spiritually rich father, and oftentimes we approach him like we're impoverished children. We approach him in a way where it's like, God, like it may if you can throw something my way. Maybe maybe scrape by a few bucks. God, maybe you he can help me a little bit with this relation. God's saying, no, I want to do big things in your life. Unlimited resources. Strong prayers say, God, I know you can do it. God, I trust that you can do it. God, I'm gonna believe in everything that Scripture says. And I know you're gonna show up big in my life. Glorious riches. Um these these past couple of years, I've been praying. We we just wrapped up a twenty one day uh, of fasting and praying. I know you guys do that here, and that's awesome. Um, uh, we we just wrapped it up. I, I've, I've people like circled on my prayer list, and when God shows up in their lives and, and works on, them, I like check them off, and I'm like, all right, dude, I'm coming for you because this prayer list. I've been praying over an individual for two years. It was one of my uh, son's coaches, and, and I've been praying and praying to the point when I would see them, I would ask them to invite them to church, um, and, and I would talk to them a little bit, and, and it got to the point where it was like, they know I was the Bible thumper. Like, they knew that, all right, here comes the pastor, you know, and I was like, all right, man, I didn't want to talk that much, you know, but um, I'm talking, and, and, and they kept saying, hey, we're, we're going to come to church at some point. I'm like, hey, no pressure. Like, they, they kept saying that. So two years go by. Uh, It was the last day, it was Saturday, before our 21 day of prayer and fasting. We went the 8th through the 28th. And uh, it was Saturday, I was in my office at my house, and I was like, God, I'm preaching to these people. I'm believing this. I just got done talking about your glorious uh, power and majesty and what you can do in people's lives in these 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And it's Saturday, and I'm angry. I'm like, God, you haven't done anything In this 21 days of prayer and life, like I'm just like lamenting hard to the point. Like if you heard that conversation, you'd be like, whoa, buddy, you need to chill. (laughs) Like bring it down, you know, and, and like, I was worked up. I was mad. I was like, God, like, how can I stand before a congregation and say, you're going to do something and you haven't even done anything. So later that day, after Blake's having his little pouting time with God that morning, I, I, I get a text from this guy. I've been praying about two years. He was on my prayer list. He was like, hey, we're coming to church tomorrow. What? Yeah. 21 days, prayer and fasting, final day God shows up. A couple other things we were praying for personally, what to name our fourth child and different things. It was like all oh, like vision, boom, bang, bang, bang. Oh, all in that final 24 hours, that final last minute countdown. So i show up to church the next day. I'm like yelling at our greeter team. You be ready. I'm yelling at our worship team. You be ready. If you mess up, you're fired. You know, like that's where I was at. But I just say that's God's glorious riches. Untapped. There's not an end. That when you pray, when you cry out, God can show up and do some big things in your life. So I want to encourage you with that. Understand that God is limitless. Thirdly, pray to be strengthened by God's power. Pray to be strengthened, God's power. Ephesians chapter three, sixteen. He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. This word empower or power, depending on what translation. duname is where we get this, uh, this the term dynamite from. It's explosive. It's contagious. It's it's boom. It's impact. Like it can create paths. It can create ways and, and and movements forward it's not like just a little sparkler and it's just happening but it's it's this explosiveness of of God and his power and his strength church I want to encourage you that we need to be strengthened by God's power power to do what is right power to raise our kids in a culture that does not like children power to 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 positively let God disrupt our lives. That when we feel empty, God, we need your power. When we feel like we're, we're messed up when it comes to peace, God, we need your power. I think a lot of times we kind of let God's power kind of just maybe like almost be just like a little uh, you know hole in the wall, a little bit of a uh, streaming coming out, not much. And God's saying, no, like you need power in your life. You need, you, you need my power because it's my power, it's the power of his spirit that's going to move you. It's the power of the spirit that's going to encourage you. It's the power of the spirit that's going to do something that you can't even understand for yourself, that you need to be strengthened by his power. I think sometimes we just let that door kind of slightly open when God wants to kick through that door and wants you to receive all the blessing you can possibly hold and, and receive. I like to illustrate it this way. Uh, I drive a 2012 Kia Sorento. It is a classic midsize SUV. I mean, like, come on, baby. And, and I love it. Uh, and this one time I was, I was opening the, not one time, for eight months, nine months, my trunk Uh, lost a little latch uh, like a hydraulic latch so it wouldn't stay open okay so every time I had to enter into the trunk I would have to open it sometimes I was to reach in the trunk so then it would close it so sometimes people would see me the trunk is closed following me and I'm like leaning in and so you just see legs and it's like what's this weird guy doing you know like I would be like loading up groceries or things like that or you'd have to do one of these numbers and try to reach or get your kids or or your wife and then one day my wife is driving my 2012 Kia Sorento classic car, and uh, she had to get out the, get some stuff out of the trunk. So she opens it up. She's reaching, hand slips, bang, right on the head. Like, look, I, I'm a cheap guy. I'm a pretty frugal dude. Ask Tim. Like, I'm like, I'll hang out with him. He'll buy my dinner, you know. And, and uh, so this one day happens. She comes in. And she's like, listen here. You better get that that trunk fixed i don't care how much it costs if i get hit in the head one more time with it it's going to be your life (laughs) and i'm like done yes yes ma'am you know like one of those like you know kind of thing so i'm like all right here you go i'm gonna like go fork over four or five hundred bucks to get this stupid trunk fixed. i'm frustrated mad my cheap self is like no and uh so i go into this auto zone and i had to get something else and and they're like i was like yeah man what do i need to do about this trunk who should i take it to what's the cheapest place you know whatever and he's like hey hold on real quick goes in comes back out takes this part pulls this one off. I was like, dude, you're breaking my car. Well, it doesn't work anyway. <laughs> you know, like, so he like pops this thing off, it takes this little like this this rod, pops it back in, clicks. And I was like, is it fixed? And he's like, yeah, it's only be like 21 bucks, bro. So like, and I was like, 21 bucks and I've been struggling with this for a year. <laughs> I would have done that a lot quicker. And, and my point is, sometimes we 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 put ourselves and we're like, oh god, we'll we'll be the people stuck in the trunk. When God's saying, like, dude, open that thing up, have all complete access to me, let me fix what you need in your life, call on my name, be strengthened by my power, because you need it in what you're going to face outside of these walls. You need it when it comes to raising your kids. You need it in your marriage. Every lady say amen. You need it in decisions that you're making. You need to be strengthened by God's power. And let me give you another reason you need to be strengthened by God's power, because God's power gives us understanding of his love. Paul continues in in chapter 3, verse 17 and 19, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So it's this power that leads to this love that will grow and foster into our lives, and you may have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. But, God, but, but Paul continues, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. So, so I want to highlight that. If you've taken notes, highlight like that. Experiencing God's love, knowing it in your life. Can't happen without his power, and you still can't fully understand it. Then Paul continues, then you'll made complete with fullness of life and the power that comes from God. One of the most and greatest prayers that you can pray over people you love, from your kids to your spouse, is God, I pray for power in their life. God, I pray that you move in a way that is supernatural because listen, God's love cannot be naturally understood. It's supernaturally invested in us. When you become one of his followers, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and leader, the greatest thing, it's like, man, I don't know how that I uh, that I that I get God's love. I don't know how I understand God's love. I just know that I have God's love. His love surpasses knowledge. His love cannot be naturally understood. It's his power. And we still, when we experience his power, can't grab it. I I, I liken it to this. The great Louis Armstrong, jazz musician, artist. A reporter once asked him, he said, hey, uh, help us understand jazz. Louis Armstrong looks at him and said, man. If I got to explain it to you, you ain't got it. <laughs> Listen, like, like no, no matter what words I try to put into it, I can't stand up here today and tell you and explain God's love to you. It's something that you receive. Like when you know that you have a relationship with Jesus, man, there's just something different. When you have a real relationship with Jesus and you see those people in your lives that have a real relationship with Jesus, you start seeing like, man, they have peace in some really dark times. Man, they have joy when it seems like they should not. Man, they have hope when it seems like the world is hopeless. They got a pep in their step when it seems like everybody just woke up out of bed on a rainy, cold day. You can't understand God's love without his power. And so I ask you and I pray this over you. Pray for people to receive God's power so they can begin to understand God's love in their lives. I love how Charles Finney, the great 1800s preacher, he says this. The holy, when, it, when it comes to understanding God's love, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in like waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God, Charles Finney. See, love isn't just something that God gives. Love is who God is. We understand God's love and experience his power. Our lives are changed, but it's by his power. That's what Paul's praying over this church. And then lastly, as we wind down, simply this. Pray to see God do infinitely more. Pray to see God do infinitely more. I stop praying, hey, I hope my kids make it through the school day. I start praying, hey, God, I want my kids to be leaders class changers I want them to shape their school God I don't want my marriage to survive I want it to thrive I want to have eyes only for my wife I want her to have eyes only for me that we have a passionate marriage God I start praying God I want financial blessing in x y and z areas I don't know how we're gonna get there but we're gonna be open to it I want to see God do more our church we have this theme God do more Do more, do more. Infinitely do more. That's what Paul is encouraging this church. So I want us to close. I'm going to put these verses on the screen, and we're going to say it together. Because I want you to to own it. I want you to feel it. And I want you to, to, if you're looking at a verse, this is the verse that I'll encourage you to look at. Verse 20. Let's all read this together. We can throw it up on the screens for me. On the count of three, just so we all start in the same way. One, two, three. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Infinitely do more than what we might ask or we might think so maybe you're in here right now we talked about jesus talking about all god can do what i'm asking what i'm praying for is that you know jesus in a very real way as your lord leader and savior in your life pastor tim has given us some ways might be a guest might be searching for a a church home i would encourage you take a moment fill out the connect card get plugged in and maybe you're in here right now you've come in here in this place and you got the world Fighting against you, and you're going through hurt. You're going through pain. Maybe you have adult kids that went wayward. Start believing. Start trusting. And asking and seeking God. Have strong, bold, audacious, empowered prayers. And watch God do infinitely more. Church. Let me pray over you today. God, we give you this time.